Welcome to episode 50 of the Cincy Postcast milestone episode for you. We've got a great one. We've got a ton of FC Cincinnati content up front talking about where this team is right now. In part two, we're talking to Tommy G, the voice of FC Cincinnati and where you will probably be able to hear him next. And we wrap it up with in the 11 out of the 18. All of that together makes for a really, really fun episode 50. Thank you so much for helping us get to this point. Enjoy this episode. Joining me to talk about all of this on, again, episode 50 of the Postcast. Gentlemen, we made it. The usual crew is here. Hey, it's the little things in life. If you can't celebrate them, what can you celebrate? Uh, Grayson, I sprung the book of questions on you first last time. So this one I will throw to to Chief in honor of episode 50. You're getting question 50, which I was very happy was a good one. If you could choose the manner of your own death, what would it be? <laughs> At the uh, heat death of the universe. Oh, okay. So you're asking for essentially immortality. Yeah. Why not? I don't want to. <laughs> That's the manner of my own death. Yeah. I want it to be like when all matter ceases existing, then there's absolutely nothing left to do at that point. That's a good. Well, hmm, this is interesting because depending on how the uh, the monkey paw curls, you could cause the heat death of the universe to happen in say the average lifespan of an American male. So, but then I'm dead. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. That's a good point. Actually, there you go. Yeah, Grayson, would you have a preference on how you go out? So I actually was going to say the exact same thing that Chief said. um, I I would have never have thought of this. I'm glad you were right there. I was literally going to say, I wasn't going to say the heat death of the universe, but I was going to say, yes, at the end of the universe. However the universe ends, I want to go out the same way, uh, same time. But, um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer generally in like trying to limit the choices that you make. Like I remember reading an article about, um, Obama when he was president, where he was like, I try to only have like a couple of suits. Like I have a bunch yeah. of the same suit in my closet because Decision I get up today fatigue. and like yeah. spending time trying to like pick, um, pick different suits. It's like a waste of my day. So it's just oh, I got a bunch of the same. Just grab it, just put it on, I'm ready to go to work. Right. So um, I would just you know whatever the top three causes of death are um among among adults of a among millennial uh adults uh i'll just you know close my eyes pick one of those but like wouldn't uh, if you could choose it's ma- okay no but if you could choose the manner <laughs> yeah. of your death wouldn't you want to choose it in such a way that makes life interesting for everybody else like how do you want to cho- how do you want to die I want aliens to crash their <laughs> no. UFO on well, my first, house. Well, like, first, of all, first of all, you didn't make it interesting for everybody else. You just took everybody else with you. <laughs> it's, it's also a little close to home these days. But... Right? No, it's okay, okay, for, okay. Here's how I'm for segment choose. three on that. Here's how I would choose to die. I would choose to die by uh, being uh, the sacrificial lamb to take on all the sins of humanity 
Oh, oh, no, no, no. So that that I die and everybody else is uh, saved and gets to go to heaven for all of eternity. That's pretty interesting. No, I thought you were going to go with, I would like to die uh, to be the person that solves world hunger and really get like recursive on the book. No, no, no. No, because eternal salvation is better. Yeah, objectively. Yeah. Well, you could be, you can be satiated for the next like 20 years. However much we got left right. before, uh, you know, the balloon comes down or uh, you can you can, uh, you know, just get your own planet with all of your wives. That's, I mean, for the rest yeah. of eternity, which has got to be at least 100,000 years. Yeah, the problem is knowing my luck, the planet would be like Mercury. It'd just be really hot and nothing to do. Be a very uninteresting yeah, if like, planet. If you're not, if you're not corporeal, you're not going to sweat. Yeah, but you still want a, something to do. It's just rocks there. I mean, at least like you. you kinda, a, what if you just kind of like float above it? Like you can travel, but you like don't touch it. You it's kind of like, kinda like bullshit eternity. Then if like here's your planet, you can't interact with it, and there's nothing to see <laughs> no, you anyway. Can. Like you get a really immersive uh, flight simulator, Mercury flight simulator. <laughs> what if it's like a Doctor Manhattan kind of situation? What, just you're standing around with your dong hanging out, turning all blue? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> where blue balls comes from. <laughs> well, speaking of getting out of hand, dare I try to steer us back on course here? No, just, well, it's preseason. We can do whatever we want. Brenner, Brenner's still gone. He is, uh, he's still gone. It's we're, fine. We're hearing reports that he'll be back this weekend. That's great. He will have successfully missed the entire Florida trip uh, for the orange and blue. But uh, our Brenner watch is about to come to an end. Are we are we excited? Are we happy? Are we sad that the, the saga may be coming to an end? I, I have a tough time commenting at this point. And this is like not me setting up a joke here at all. Just because the reporting that's out right now is that I think Laurel has reported and I think Pat Brennan has confirmed it as well that he's dealing with a family matter back in Brazil. And if that's true, you know, I don't want to sit here and make jokes or cast dispersions on why he's there, what he's doing, because I mean, for all we know, it's a family member that's really ill or something has gone horribly wrong there and he's back there dealing with it. Um, For me, I'm just excited that he's coming back before the season actually starts. And because I was mentally prepared for whatever this was, that the best case scenario was he got off a plane at CVG on Friday and was in the 18 and available to sub in for the first match, just so he didn't miss a game check. So the old uh, Jurgen Lacadia. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> this, whatever this is, I, I wish Brenner and his family well. It doesn't sound like this is the, worst case rumor we heard when he left so as long as that's the case and if he's coming back this weekend this is probably the from an fc cincinnati fan point of view and not speaking to what he's going through i don't know that you could off hope for could have hoped for a better outcome than this when the word came out brenner has left the team and is back into brazil yeah so uh, the only thing i'll say about about the reason he's gone is like you know sometimes like you are legitimately going through a family issue and then something happens with your job and it affects how you deal with the issue with your job, you know? Yeah. Or like people legitimately do have like multiple things go on at the same time. Sometimes. So I don't, I don't want to speculate or, or, or anything like that, but 
you know, if he come, if he does come back this weekend, he's in such a better position than he was last year. Right. You know, because yeah. he had he had a bunch of preseason, and man, he was flying. He scored against Austin. The video we saw, man, looks like yeah. a good. Looked like a good Brenner goal. Classic Brenner. You know? Whatever and, classic Brenner looks like with our couple of years with him. Classic yeah. Brenner goal. And he looked dialed in. Like, he was ready to, like, celebrate it. Um, so, what, what I would say is, you know, Brenner probably more so than a lot of other players on, on, on the team. Not everybody, but he doesn't need to, like play himself into fitment fitness as much as somebody like Obi does, you know, like, yeah. If he gets into the team this weekend and he practices a little bit next week, I feel like he's fit to go 60, 65 minutes the first game, which he probably would do anyway. Yeah. yeah. He's only like and a 70 we, minute, 75 minute guy. Most matches anyway. So, yeah. So if and he doesn't like, he's not a, he's a, he's a, he's a true nine, you know, Right. He's he's not running up and down the field in a box to box midfielder or somebody. He does a lot of like smart movements. Um, he doesn't cover a ton of ground over the course of the game, and he knows when to press. That's, he knows what that's to maybe do. The he's best an incredibly piece of game. Yes. he's an incredibly smart player. And when you're a really smart player, you you know work smarter, not harder. When you when you're out there, so yeah, I. If he does come in this weekend, I think he's. I think he starts the first game. Yep. I think he. I think he plays the full amount that you would expect uh, him to play in just a regular game, and I think he picks up where he left off. I mean, we said this in in past episodes. Everything that's nothing that's happened so far makes me doubt that he's ready to pick up where he left off last season. Yeah, and he was flying. Yeah. He, he sure he's disappointed that that move didn't work, but you know the uh, chief. You've said this multiple times. Like the exit plan is super clear, which is score a lot of goals for the first three four months of the season, and you basically can pick which team in Europe you want to go go off to this summer. It's a pretty simple equation uh, to to get out of here. And yeah, Grayson, to your point, I mean, striker has to be the most plug and play position on the field uh for for anybody just coming into the team so no i i don't i don't see any reason to uh to to panic i think people should be excited excited that he's coming back i i have not had a chance to confirm this but i've seen multiple people post this uh, around the internet right now and i believe it is bet mgm is the one people are, are throwing around uh the line has been set for brenner goals over under 12 and a half goals taking the over you taking yes. the under uh, the yeah. only reason I wouldn't take the over in this is that I don't have a firm date as to when he's going to get sold by in the summer window. And I had heard tell that the original plan with Brenner was that they wanted to sell him in the summer window with potentially some kind of an arrangement for a loan back to at least complete the season yeah. with Cincinnati before he moves on to Europe. But I, I, I think he's going to come out and he's going to set the world on fire. I really do. and. He's got every incentive to do it. And if you watched him last year, I, I, what my hope for Brenner is this year is that it's a lot less boom or bust for Brenner 
and a lot more consistent production. I like less of the three goal games and more of the every goal, every game a goal type performance for him. So now that he's back in 12 and a half, I think I'm taking the over, even knowing that he's possibly out in August. Chief, I'm glad you mentioned that because Grayson, this will influence you. Uh, I, I'm remembering now this was in the FCC Discord. Somebody said it was from the, uh, the I believe, the Barstool book. Uh, it had the note that if he is sold this summer, it's null and void. It's, uh, it's a push. So <sighs> you've got almost no risk if he is sold there. So Yeah, so I was going to say, like, so there's 20 games by July 1st. Okay. Um, I think I did. I think I counted that right. Um, and then the the window opens July fifth. There's a game July eighth, game July twelfth. So that'd be twenty two by July twelfth. Even if he sold like a week after the window opens, I could see him sitting out to stay healthy before a move. But yes, but okay. But let's say he plays to July first. That's twenty yeah. games. Yeah, I think Brenner scores more than twelve goals the first twenty games. I really, really do. Um, so I'm I'm hitting the over yeah. based on what we know today. I mean, if you start sitting out games for whatever reason, then obviously you have to change it. But like, I'm assuming he starts game one, and yeah. I think he's going to tear team. I think he's I think he's going to go on a tear. I, yeah, I really do. People have been talking about regression this season. I don't think Brenner's going to regress. I think Brenner's going to progress. Yeah. The only thing that would cause me worry is that um, with Brenner and his goal total specifically is that this team still is is if there's a roster flaw on this team right now, this team is way too dependent on Lucho Acosta as trigger man in the middle of the offense. And they don't have a good backup to Lucho if, you know, God forbid he picks up a knock or something goes wrong and he can't play for an extended stretch of time. Mm -hmm. Um I think that would really frustrate Brenner, the offense, and just about everything. But as long as everyone stays healthy in the uh, in the at the front of this uh, front of this lineup, this is going to be a very very good attacking team this year. Very. I I agree with with what you said about Lucho, um, and I don't think we have, and we we certainly don't have a Lucho replacement on this roster. Well, nobody yeah. does. Um, That's the whole point. Is that he's, I, yeah, he's, right? Yeah, he's, nobody, 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 he's a designated like, player. Yes. Like the crew don't have a Zellerion replacement. Right. Like I said, it doesn't have a Reynoso replacement. You know? <laughs> they should work on they that. They should work on that. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I do think that there's going to be more, though, because I think um, I think Barrial is going to become is going to come in more comfortable. Yeah. In that left wing back spot. I mean. Uh, I listened to a podcast interview with Noonan and he said that he thinks that Barrial is coming in as one of the best wingbacks in the league. Yeah. And like, yes, Noonan is the coach, but also like, I don't know. I don't feel like Noonan goes out of his way to single out how good a player is unless he legitimately thinks the player is that good. This same time. He wasn't prompted. He he wasn't asked like, do you think, like, what do you think about Barrial? Like he was saying like, I think Alvaro Barrial is coming into the league, coming into the season, one of the best wingbacks in MLS. Um, 
Yeah. The same time. The same time last year, I just wanted to say Barial was probably actively being shopped around the league, and they had no interest in keeping uh, him and Atanga wingers on like young yep. wingers they did not envision using them at all so yeah the the, the progress Barrio has, has made this past year is incredible and then um you know like i think arias is yes. going to be a big attacking presence on the right uh like we haven't had before um ever <laughs> ever yeah and so like having having like having legitimate legitimately strong wingbacks on both sides i think is going to help the attack yeah um i watched some highlights of mascara from from colombia and like he pinged some line breaking passes to like running forwards that were like really impressive and this was limited limited video but like if mascara can can play some long passes i think that's you know in addition to the team um angulo yeah seems to be like a fairly dangerous player in He's advancing a the player. ball. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know that I don't think we're going to see him start game one, but I think as he gets more comfortable, I think he's going to certainly be a sub. Yeah. And I think he gets, as he gets like more comfortable in the team, uh, we'll see him contribute. So I think that like, yeah, like the team, I think the team is still going to be, I think offensively is going to look a lot like it looked last season, but there's definitely going to be some improvements at least on the margins. Yeah um of just improvements at specific positions in the first 11 that will contribute to the attack and i think will make make the team all that much more dangerous even if you know uh there's a little bit of regression in like the finishing efficiency you should be able to make that up with improvements elsewhere in the roster See, I'm by generating worried. more chances. I'm just not as worried about that this with that because if you remember the last year, the finishing efficiency was the last part of the attack that came together. That there mm-hmm. were a lot of games at the start of last year where, you know, they, they were one goal, two goals. They really didn't start to develop that second gear until later on in the season. And I, I just think that I think as long as people stay healthy, I think this team's going to score a lot of goals and they're going to score a lot of goals right out of the shoot. I think it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be exciting to watch. I think they've got other options this year which they didn't have last year in terms of I think that part of what they were looking at adding is it's kind of like we talked about with the men's the US men's national team is they only had one way to score and they had one way to play. I yeah. think with the the additions they have made since the start of last season. So going back to when we were in this position, taping episode one, doing our preview of FC Cincinnati, they now have a, a bunch of different clubs in their bag in terms of what can we do to break a team down? What can we do to offer different looks here and there? And, and the other thing too to remember is that when this team started last year, Barial didn't have the confidence of the coaching staff. They didn't know what to do with them. They didn't know how to deploy them. They didn't know how to use him. And he forced his way into a prominent role with this team. And he's Mm -hmm. not going to have to do that again this year. He's going to start the season where he left off in terms of his rotation and where his minutes are going to come from. I think that's a major, major upgrade. You know, um, yeah, and I I agree with that. I I still think like Lucha is going to have a big season. I just think that like there's enough... I think there's going to be enough other ways this team can create goals. Like, not that those are going to be the main ways, 
But I think there's going to be enough ways that the team can be dangerous that teams aren't going to be able to feel like they can just totally concentrate on shutting down Lucho. Yeah. And I think that's going to keep the game open enough for him to operate. Um, something I would, I would add is, um, like, I love uh, Matarita. I thought he was a great player. Um, the best season Matarita ever had in MLS on the offensive uh, side was our 2021 season. We had two goals and four assists. Huh. He's Would've never been more. Yeah. He's never been a big assist guy. And Alvaro had something like five and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I was just about to look them up. But yeah. Alvaro had something <laughs> like, like five and seven last year. Yeah. In the league and in, you know, more in all competitions. Um, I think, I think we're in a great spot. Uh, I think we're in a great spot everywhere on the pitch, except I would say we're a little unproven with our, with our center backs, but better than we started the season with last year. No, this is great. I'm glad you brought this up. I had it later in the, uh, the little rundown here, but I want to jump to this chief. If this is the roster you know, knowing some things can be shaken up in the summer, but say this is the roster. You good with it? Are yeah. we happy with this? Yeah, I'm happy with this roster. I am. It's, you know, it's one of those things too, where you always have to remind yourself it's MLS. There is a limit to how good the roster can be. Mm-hmm. And that's by design to force parity in this league. So do I want the roster to get better? I always want the roster to get better, but there's just a limit on how good the roster can get. So, yeah, I like this roster. Are we, do we have questions to ask in terms of center back? Yeah, maybe. But we got Matt Miazga back there. He is, for all intents and purposes, a quasi DP level talent playing on a TAM deal. Um, He's a dollar away from being a DP, I'm sure. Right. Um, <laughs> the midfield that we always had questions about going into last year, you've got Wobodo starting week one. Um, yeah. He'll be out there manning the midfield. Uh, Vasquez and Brenner, they formed a dynamite pairing last year. I don't, I look at this roster and I just don't see where I am like worried that the, the floor is going to fall out. It's a very high floor, very high ceiling team. And that's the magic combination in terms of what does it take to win MLS cup? What does it take to win supporters shield? I'm not going to go crazy and predict we're going to do one of those two things, but what do the teams all have in common that can win supporters shield or that do win supporters shield? It's that the the basement of the team is really high. The ceiling is also really high, that there's upward growth potential, but there's also not that risk that, well, you're going to have to cover for this glaring deficiency. I look at this roster, I don't see a lot of glaring deficiencies, and I see a lot of opportunities where I think the play could be very high level. So yeah, I, um, I don't know what I'd do differently if I was Albright, given the constraints of MLS salary. Yeah. It's interesting thinking about who our backups are. <laughs> I feel like you could put together a half decent MLS expansion team roster with our backups of like the midfield of Ordonez, Kubo, and Moreno, and up top is Baji and Sergio Santos, and uh, your outside backs are you know Alvis Powell and uh, Isaiah Foster. You know that's that's to make it Alec Khan as the uh, as as the uh, can. Sorry, God, I did it. I did that's it. A, this it's, is a 
this is a better team than we put on the field between 2019 <laughs> and 2021. It's a better I, do team. Think, I do think that you can pull the best 11 off the field and it's still a better team than FC Cincinnati ever fielded the first three seasons. <laughs> right. So, like, you got a half-decent team there. You know, your Open Cup team looks a little dangerous, right? So, um, no, this is this is an exciting time. And, yeah, like you know, the position group I didn't mention, and, of course, where we're thinnest because we're playing three at the back instead of two, uh, is center back, of course. But, um, and, yeah, Noonan, Noonan's mentioned that a couple of times now in different press conferences and interviews that he keeps. I don't know if this is him publicly talking to Albright or putting pressure on him, but he keeps mentioning that they need a center back strength. I don't know what that means exactly, but yeah. I think they definitely need competition. Yeah. Like one more guy. I, I, so before they signed Mosquera, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen somebody else like closer to like Miazga being like a like a nailed on center back starter. Right. But now that they got Mosquera, who seems like he's got a lot of great qualities mm-hmm. and has a lot of upside and a great future. Um, like I think he's already gonna be a better player stepping on the field than uh Viasia, uh right. ever was for FC Cincinnati. And uh, you know, Viasia when he stepped on the field was like <laughs> The, the best revelation. or second best center back the yeah. team ever had <laughs> at, at that point in time, right? right? Um, and he's probably right now like third. Colorado's two fourth. team. I don't know well, where no, he I is. Mean, Mos- I mean, Mascara right now with oh, this team oh, is oh. potentially <laughs> potentially like third or fourth best center back on the roster. I mean, I yeah. I've, I've, I have a hard time like specifically placing him because we haven't because we haven't seen him. He may not start. Per- my the only person, yeah. incidentally, that whenever somebody says Mascaro. My first word, my first thought on the first syllable is mosquito instead. <laughs> no. That's a you think. I think of um I think of uh, uh I think of the TV on the on, on the radio song Anytime Will Do when they keep saying caldera. I say mascara. Like I just hear mascara. Like, that, like mascara. That's like, what I hear. I hear yeah, mascara. I right. <laughs> but mascara is not a great nickname. The mosquito, that's a nickname where it's like, he's a pest. Mm. He's annoying. He causes disease. This is. Oh, let's hope he plays that way. And yeah. that's his nickname. <laughs> the plague. So I, I would expect. That's a no, no uh, word. <laughs> I, 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 ex- I expect another center back to be somebody who's like a. Nick MLS, MLS vet, like, like, yeah, like another Nick Haglund, you mm-hmm. know? And then you have like a big mess of center backs that can all compete with each other. And I think that's like a good place to be, to be honest. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, has Powell been lining up as a center back in some of these preseason? Well, we drills? don't, we don't know, but okay. the, fo- the footage I saw, yeah, from, I forget what game it was. It seemed like Powell was lined up as a right center back, which he has done. Right. Uh, for us in MLS before. Because if he's the backup right center back to, say, Hagland in this case, because I'm imagining Miazga all the way to the left, uh, if it's uh, our uh, our Colombian friend in the middle there. Mosquera, yeah. Mosquera. And then, and then Miazga yeah. probably be on the left. Yeah. yeah. Or if it's um, Murphy on the left, then Miazga moves to the middle, is how I'd yeah. imagine it. And then Ray Gaddis is your backup right back. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so you asked about, on. like, hold up. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to point. 
one, one question Kevin asked before before we move on. Kevin, you asked about like like trophies, how yeah. you feel if this is the roster. Yeah. Um, I would say like not a not a supporter shield team. Sure. Because I think that that some of the players have a lot of growth. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is this is another year like last year where like the team at the end of the season is a much much better team than you than you started with, um, with obviously a higher floor. Then, like, I expect to start stronger than last season. Yeah. But I don't know that it's, it would be strong enough to be a supporter shield. But I would say, like, very good chance you go into the playoffs thinking we can win MLS Cup. We so, think a League's Cup? Sorry, Chief. I'm going to keep cutting you off. League's Cup. <laughs> League's Cup, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm pinning it. That's what I want to go for. No, I know all, Chief cares it's it's nothing about it. I don't give a fuck about the League's Cup. I don't care. I this, don't care. This team, this team could also win Open Cup because I think we have a strong, I think we have strong enough backups to get far enough in the tournament that you, then you start putting the starters. I do care I, about Open Cup. I so. would love for that to be our first trophy. That would be yeah, great. Me too. Yeah, I would love to win Open Cup. Speaking of the roster, though, am, am I the only one that was sort of taken aback by um, Noonan saying he hasn't decided on a starting keeper yet. I had just penciled in Celentano into this role, and publicly he comes out today, earlier today, I think, praising Alec Khan. Is that is it was he yesterday? Shy, was it yesterday? Is he shining Khan up for a a move out? Is that what that <laughs> is, or is there a genuine battle on their hands as to who's going to be the starting keeper for this team? So my my read on it is Noonan's a straight up guy, and it would be disrespectful to go into the season and say like Celentano is absolutely the starter over Alec can. And um, what he said in the interview after the uh, game yesterday was that, you know, can is a veteran and he wants to know that it's an open competition for, for the keeper spot. And I do think it's fair, right. To, to look at it as going into the season Alec can has every chance to win the starting keeper job. Yeah. You know, if he, if, if he performs, but Celentano went out with, with, with what I viewed as the starters in the, in the new England game. Yeah. And so I expect to see Celentano starting uh, game one. I think that's the case. I think uh, Celentano being out with the national team may have done him a little bit of a disservice here just because it gave Can more reps with the first team and more reps with the coaching staff. Um, I mean, if it's even remotely close, I think it's irresponsible of this club to start Can over Celentano. Like, you need Celentano to grow into the player that he looked like he was going to grow into. Now, if his distribution is costing us games, then yeah, he's getting benched. And if he has, and we've seen a couple of, of real bad mistakes last season, if he has a couple of bad games back to back, and this club is determined to, to win win a trophy i don't think it's impossible to see celentano get benched for some stretch of the uh the season here and i think it's good for everybody involved to make sure that it is a healthy competition that was one of the culture things i think it was albright that mentioned that when he came into the team that uh the team they inherited from the Dutch was that some of these guys felt like their position was so nailed on. They didn't need to, to try anymore because they, they felt like they were, they were locked in. So I don't, I don't mind the competition. I mean, I mean, Alec can would be the best keeper 
this team ever had. If yes. not for Roman's own time. Yes, yeah. actually. You know, so I, I have no I have no problem with Noonan saying it's an open competition for keeper. I agree with Kevin though that if it's close, you have to give Roman the games, right? And and you only start start can if he is like far and away yeah. the better keeper to the point where like it would cost you it would clearly cost you games to start Roman. And I don't see that being the case, but like, I'm not seeing training every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, chief, I don't mind your theory there. Um, we have, uh, Evan Laurel. Evan Laurel. Laurel. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been saying Laurel. Just at, at some point, sure it's, at some point, <laughs> can is the, probably the easiest and most valuable asset within the league that you can lose and not really lose a lot from the squad. Can is somebody who you could lose and get a lot of value from without, without hurting your team that much. Right. Yeah. My point with, uh, with Evan there is that he, uh, was it 2021 USL goalkeeper of the year? Like he's like, we got a decently stacked third string keeper that would be the second string in most other MLS clubs. Right. Laura anyway. is somebody who's like probably above like Spencer Ritchie. I mean, we've seen Cody Cropper and Spencer Ritchie get starts last year. So yes, that's fine. <laughs> Even if he's yeah. at that level, well, yeah, it's like, fine. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like Loro probably, because I don't think Spencer Ritchie ever won USL keeper of the year. No, but he was the better keeper to Evan Newton, but they minutes capped Newton because the USL keeper of the year was a pure statistic. It was like goals conceded per minute or whatever. And there was a point where they just stopped playing Newton and he won it. Like there was just no way for somebody to catch him. So my, my point is like, if you had like, like let's say in like 2021, you went into the season with like, Dane St. Clair is your starter and Spencer Ritchie is your backup. You feel all right about that, right? Yeah, you feel pretty good. Yeah. So I think, I think Salantano, I'd feel the same about like Salantano Laura. Yeah. No, not too bad. Um, Let's see here. Just making sure. Oh, speaking of goalkeepers, we should probably just throw a a token mention out there for Kenneth Vermeer. Still technically on the roster, uh, posting on Instagram, I guess, hanging out in the Netherlands. He's getting bought out, right? Like, there's no version of this where we just keep him on. I don't I mean, know. Do you have to use... Is there an expiration date where the contract buyout provision? When, well, so once the season the, he, starts, right? But here's the thing. He's not making okay. much money, though. Is the problem is. No. You don't need to use the one-time off-season buyout on him if he really is making, like, another $80,000 salary because mm. you can just eat the salary off your cap. And take the open roster spot. I just think, wouldn't if you're going to use this, wouldn't you use it on a Tonga and just cut him loose at this point to get that roster spot back? Do you wait for him to come back? I don't even know if you can. You can't wait for him to, you have okay. to like recall him or something. Okay. Uh, but I, but with the Tonga, like... He's, he's making a lot of money, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, no, he's not making a lot of money. He had a big transfer fee. Oh, that's what it in, was. Okay. But he's he's on, like... 300,000 something a year 
Still better um, than eighty thousand you'd get from Vermeer back in terms of God. Poor yeah, Nick Haglund's got to be looking at these salary numbers, <laughs> being so pissed. <laughs> but so, so what I would say, what I would say with the Tonga is, I I haven't looked at the at the roster budget that closely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously you can't, but like I haven't studied like Ken's chart um, yeah. that closely on this, but like. My sense is there's a world where even if a Tonga comes back with only six months left on his deal, so you have like oh, half a year of tra- right, you have right. half a year of salary and half a year of transfer fee to carry on your budget, it's very possible we have enough budget space to just eat it without right. him taking up a 22 spot. Uh, because it's like, so if his transfer fee was like, it was something like three, three million. I think it was a four, year. four and a half. <laughs> so let's let's say let's say it was four, right? Okay. So then that means like his his amortized annual cost over three years is one and a third, but then half that is like six, six, seven. Do we sell? His, so that's a nine hundred. That's a nine hundred thousand dollar. No, it's a it's an eight hundred thousand dollar ish. Uh, hit, which you can, if see, you have enough Tam and Gam to cover see, that, see, you my, don't have to use a U twenty two spot. My plan is a lot simpler. Just fucking lose this guy. He's terrible. He's taking up a roster spot. Just get rid of him. Like I'd rather like instead of doing math, I'll keep Kenneth Vermeer for eighty grand and let him go. You know, eat stroop waffles or whatever the hell he's doing, and just get rid of a Tonga. It was a but terrible are you deal. Gonna, yeah. Are you gonna buy him out? before the season when his loan is up in may and potentially you get some kind of transfer fee. no i want to buy him out now and he That's can fine. be on top of the rocket elon musk is about to launch down in texas it's gonna blow up i hate this guy just get rid of him that's that's fine with me i just he seems I'm, like a I'm nice thinking, kid terrible at soccer though that's the problem that's, that's fine that's fine with me i'm just thinking about the the, the budget stuff like um so here's like, so like for me for me or for me yeah. there's no reason to assuming he's on the same salary as last year there's no season there's no reason to use your one-time off-season right. roster buyout on him because you can always just eat yeah eighty thousand dollars off your off your salary budget because if you buy somebody out and don't use the one-time off-season buyout you get roster relief and not budget relief so you have to you have to find the eighty thousand his eighty thousand dollars somewhere on your budget, which I think they could probably do pretty easily. But you yeah. free up his roster spot, so you could also buy somebody else out, like a Tonga, or like if they wanted to for whatever reason buy out Kubo, which I don't I don't think they would. But I'm saying like yeah. if they wanted to buy out Kubo, they still could, and and get the budget and roster relief from him. And then just buy out Vermeer and eat the eighty thousand dollars. Is there a world where we bring back a Tonga, having just sold Brenner, and make a Tonga the young DP to give us that U twenty three initiative spot? I don't think I think I don't think so because that that reads to me as a low ambition move. Okay, and. I'm just um, thinking of an immediate replacement because yeah, I know, Brenner's I know. tricky to but replace. Once you make him a white, once you make him a young DP, you would have to like buy him out or use Tam to buy out his contract if you wanted to sign another YDP. 
I guess that would, some, seem to, yeah. that would seem to complicate things because I do think I, I do think that based on what people have said in interviews and what has been reported, that there's a decent chance that if they sell Brenner in the summer, they bring in a YDP striker to replace him also in the summer. Like immediately. Okay. I don't yeah. know how quickly you could do it, but I think it would I think there's a decent chance it happens in the same window. God. And if they if they view this year as an MLS Cup year, yeah, um, I feel like you almost have to because even if it takes a little bit of time to get that guy, like, because like imagine you bring like Cucho in, right? You know, you wait, you wait for the uh, the deck chairs on whatever Titanic in Europe to be rearranged, and you find the odd man out at Everton or whatever, and all of a sudden you have a Premier League striker walking into the team. Uh, I do like the the scenario that uh, Chief laid out earlier, where we sell Brenner, get the boatload of money, but get Brenner loaned back to us, uh, where we only owe $100,000 for the remainder <laughs> of the season, and then we get to replace Brenner with a young DP midfielder or something that we get, we get double double dps and yeah, the, uh... the, the the really the thing i'm looking forward to most is what rule change will chris albright necessitate this year yes. now that he's gotten the allocation order removed it's and if it could be something where we sell brenner get brenner back and somehow end up with another dp out of all this that'll and we're not it. la or miami that'll do it oh my god we could we could dream uh Okay, so also looking at uh, at FCC, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a little bit. I'll, I'll just mention it briefly. Uh, we beat the shit out of New England in the preseason. <laughs> um, it was largely uh, the backup team that we talked about, this this second team uh, that started the game. The, the, the starters, as we imagine them, came in a little bit later, but still good to see uh, our, our guys beating their guys pretty, pretty badly. Um, Arias got a red card. Uh, Grayson, you pointed this out. He had never, he's never received a red card in his professional career. Straight Obviously, red. straight red. This will not be included in that either, but very nice to see him doing that uh, already. So that was, that was nice. <laughs> Get it out uh, of the system. Yeah. Kept a clean sheet uh, against New England, which is good. Um, I mean, they beat us pretty badly in the Open Cup last year, so I'm going to consider this revenge. So check that off the uh, box. Is there anything we wanted to mention about this before moving on to the kit? No, I'm ready now. No, it's preseason. So then, I'm on the I'm on the record as saying preseason doesn't matter. I'm going to stick with my take. Yeah, That's fine. Let's go to the kit. Um, yeah. So now kit release. We're recording this on kit release day, and uh, I cannot think of a worse way to do this than the way mls does this i genuinely think revealing the kits when the team walks out of the tunnel would be better than this the club announces this uh on twitter they took it back because they released it too early deleted the tweets and then they released it again 20 minutes later uh there's a river sash on it nobody could have seen this coming except anybody who had been slightly paying attention to our social media um I don't know. I think this is so stupid. I don't know why the design wasn't unveiled in October and released for sale in November. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say about this other than this whole thing is dumb. And uh, good on you if you're dropping 160 bucks on a t-shirt when you're not far off from just a half-season ticket package. The only thing I have to say about it is I saw a lot of people complaining about the kit. 
And I want to say, like, if you want to complain about it, you got to post your fet. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, how, I've seen how people dress, and people, you all, you all look like shit. This is uh, this in the orange jersey. Well, sure, not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, easily the best one-two punch we've had in terms of jerseys, I'll say ever in FC Cincinnati history. I agree this with is that. great. It's it's fine. It's absolutely fine. And like, it's fine. And, and kits fall into two categories and two categories only. It's either I'm going to buy the authentic or I'm going to DH gate. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's really, it's a binary yeah. thing. And on this one, to me, probably a DH gator. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll wait to see if it goes on sale later. Um, but the thing is, is if they win MLS cup wearing this, it'll be the greatest jersey this team's ever had. So, yeah. Uh, winning, winning in a shirt will make it, look better right yeah like, that's, like, just that's exactly always right the no, case. Uh, thank you for picking up on that uh me as a nike executive um <laughs> which, wasn't that their quote about the world cup kits when everyone was bitching about those yeah that if the u.s wins the world cup in these everyone will love them and it's like no they're objectively shit no matter what you want to say you'll just yeah. look like shit holding a trophy it's fine um <laughs> no it's fine i just i don't care i i'm the one that thinks it's weird they have a new kit every year um I'm an NFL guy and I'm baseball guy and the Reds redesign their uniforms once every 15 years. Your football (laughs) team redesigns its uniforms once every, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. Nike needs to sell something new. I would be very okay, legitimately, if they just took the orange kit they're wearing currently that has like the sort of the city seal on it and just made that the kit for a decade. I would be completely cool with it. I I love it. It's iconic. It's ours. And just, just make that the kit. But I get they need to sell all of us losers a uh, new replica <laughs> kit or a new authentic kit every year, and we end up buying it. So you could, I mean, but you could stick to a theme and do variations. So do the orange kit, but do the uh, do everything in blue. Do the numbers in blue, and do like the the waves across the chest in blue. And then two years later, do it in white, not silver, right? Or then, yeah, you could you could mess around with it, but keep a a design element consistent, so that when you glance at a jersey, you go, "Oh my god, that's that's FCC." Like that's that's exactly who that is. Um, that would be nice. That'd be a good way to do this. Uh, yeah. And again, this uh, this design was floating around the front office back in. Yeah, well, first off, <laughs> without <laughs> adult supervision. Uh, but back in 2021, we are in 2023 right now. It's been out there for a while. So somebody out there has the 2025 jersey. So by all means, leak it to us. That's fine. We we uh, we would love to if, see if it. You, if you leak us the kit for 2024 or 2025, we promise we'll have Jonah do an MS Paint version of it. That's our, <laughs> that's our pledge to you. It was killing me that between the pixelated version and Jonah's that it was very obvious that we had the kit and I would just go online and see people going like, man, I wonder what the kit's going to be like. I'm just like, you've seen it. Like, it's this. This is the kit. Like, like yes, it'll be in slightly higher definition, but this is the kit. Um, so, yes, I uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, oh, here's the, my last question on the kit. So Seattle released the kit that was the Bruce Lee inspired mm. kit. That, I hate this shit so much. <laughs> all right. But here's my question. If there had to be. Bootsy Collins. Uh, 
Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. No, the answer is no. The answer is clearly Harambe, but I'm just curious what answer oh. number two is. If it's Harambe, you could do a Cincinnati Silverbacks throwback, and that would oh. be incredible. <laughs> that would be cool. Can you imagine the amount of traction that they retracted a tweet and they had to send it again? But can you imagine if the tweet that they sent out inspired by Harambe? <laughs> just the first thing that pops up on the video. It oh. would instantly become the most liked and retweeted social media post in MLS history. The Harambe kit where a portion of the proceeds go to the, I don't know if they're it's Lowland or Highland gorillas or the zoo, whoever. Yeah. Jesus Ferreira's favorite zoo. <laughs> yeah. Like weirdly his favorite. Like, he yeah. loves our zoo. He loves our zoo. <laughs> Maybe a Brenner replacement, you know, let's, let's think about this. Yeah, I don't um, want him. oh man um no i will say though i appreciate the club sending out a new kit every year because uh uh, much like video games where i'm a patient gamer as they call it where i'll play something five ten years after its release uh as if it were new to me um i got the white kit for 30 bucks so this will be my second authentic kit and the combined value i've spent on all of these is 45 dollars so I feel like I'm winning. Way to stay current. <laughs> hey, man. It's it's a cool throwback. And those bold kits, they were selling them for 15 bucks at one point. So uh, not, not a hot seller. Um, it's going to do it for our FC Cincinnati portion. But my goodness, we've got a heck of an interview in part two. The one, the only, Tommy G voice past voice maybe question mark future voice of fc cincinnati joined the postcast i am so thankful that he did not google us before agreeing to join this was a lot of fun good interview talking about some of the nuts and bolts of being a broadcaster some old stories and what to look forward to uh with the apple tv deal uh great interview with him so listen to that and uh we'll we'll talk some nonsense afterwards but uh enjoy the interview all right we're back at it part two and we are joined by an absolute fc cincinnati legend we are joined by the one and only tom galetter the founder the president of fourth floor creative and more importantly the voice of fc cincinnati tommy g how you how you doing tonight I'm doing great. What a day, right? 10 days until kickoff. We're now under 10 days. So it would be about halftime or uh, start of the second half for kickoff <laughs> for the 2023 season at this point, 10 days from now, which is really hard to believe, right? And at home for the yes. first time in club history. So that's pretty cool. And uh, the kit release this morning. Yes. Uh, so yeah. The River kit, I, I think. Oh, maybe, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> hey, a little surprise. A little surprise for you guys. Um, so I have one of the first out of the store. Um, that was fun this morning. I mean, look, it's always uh, a, a compelling conversation. And I think uh, the, the best kits in the world are hated by some and the worst kits in the world are loved by some. And yeah. I think this is a really great kit. And I think uh, uh, when we shot some of the stuff for Media Day a couple of weeks ago, I said at the event this morning, there was players and you know brandon i asked brandon vasquez straight away like what do you think he said he loves it so um you know and that's that's just us having a chat you know not not out telling the world that uh yeah. more, so, more more importantly did brandon vasquez say he was looking forward to winning the golden boot in this jersey that's what we I mean I, I i think that certainly is goal right uh, there, there's no question of his intent yeah. 
You know, you know, Vasquez also said he loved the uh, U.S. World Cup jersey. Oh, jeez. Well, uh, <laughs> he got a chance to at least uh, take your photos in it. Or, he should have. He, he definitely should have. Or whatever. You guys yeah. know. I, I beat that drum all summer long and to, to no avail. I beat the drum for the all-star selection, and he got in on the on the second wave thanks to an injury, but he should have been in on yep. you know his own merits. and uh, But, no, everything's good, guys. Uh, great oh. to see you. And, like I said, it's a, it's a fun time buzzing. Uh, the team had a great exhibition, what, against New England yesterday? Yeah. 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 So just, just thumping the revs. So who knows what that means for the regular season. They'll have one more test, then come home and uh, anxious to be able to see them train and, and get ready for that game against Houston. Yeah, you certainly like to see the team beating teams in preseason versus, uh, I don't know, having a USL admin score on them in the preseason, like what happened with Louisville a couple of years ago. So, no, this is much, much better vibes going into this season. How does this feel? I mean... I, I got to say, like, you you have been there through thick and thin of FC Cincinnati. What is – have we ever had excitement around a season quite like this since maybe the the MLS launch, like that, that inaugural season? But even then, I feel like people knew it was going to be rough going. How do you How yeah. do you compare the vibes this season? That's a great question, and I think the vibes compare probably to 2019 and, and joining MLS, right? Yeah. Um, you know you're starting with a tough match out in Seattle in that season, uh, but you're buzzing for that home opener against Portland, another really good team. And, you know, look, there's that net, that newlywed buzz or whatever you want to call <laughs> right. it, but there's that that excitement of, of being the new team to the league that and that new team smell. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yes. Like yeah, the new car, new team, you know, uh, everybody was buzzing in 2019. And when I reflect upon that season, like the results never came. And, and obviously there was a coaching change during the season and, and fairly early in the season, but you never really felt like down on the season, at least from my perspective and, and yeah. being there, you know, like, Things certainly didn't go their way and there were changes that need to be made, but it never felt like it was a, you know, complete failure of a season because it was the inaugural season. Right. And right, you're, right. you're lucky to be there. And then obviously 2020 and 21 were, were, were very hard and, and very difficult. And 2020 was bizarre because of COVID and no fans. And I mean, seeing Nipper empty broke my heart every night, especially mm. the last night there. Um, you know, and then 2021, you open a new season or a new stadium, you know, at TQO Stadium, this beautiful building, and it took forever to get a home win. And and yeah. and that's really challenging. And look, I think the fans felt it. I think every single person in the front office felt it who came, who cares about this club. And 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 that's everybody. And you know, that's that's Jeff Birding at the top and Carl Linder at the top, all the way down through, you know, the the ticket takers and the people who clean the stadium and everything else. Like they want to see this team win. So last year. Once those results started to click, like it felt really good, right? It felt good as podcasters. It felt good as fans. It felt yeah. good as podcasters. <laughs> and, you know, you, you you saw it come together. And then to get the playoff win and, you know, you had Philly on the ropes there a little bit in, in their in their house and opportunities. And Andre Blake makes, you know, amazing saves. And they get kind of a flukish goal to, to end the season. But that, that's okay because now you have the excitement coming in this year. And, yeah. and look, for the first time you have your coach back. Yeah. Like you don't think about it, but there it's been literally every year to start MLS, a different coach. And that's so important that now you have your coach back and you have a general manager who's pushed all the right buttons so far. 
And now we're going to judge and see if the buttons that he's pushing, you know, this offseason are as successful as the ones he pushed last offseason and last regular season. Because if they are, then holy smokes, right? right. This team's really yeah. good. If you're telling me that that he's going to have the same level of success with the guys that he has brought in during this offseason, then this team should be vastly improved on what is already a club that has its core back. And it, this goes beyond Chris and, and Pat as well, because remember, Pat's entire staff is back. Yeah. So there's time yeah, across the board. His assistants are back. His goalkeeper coach is back. His, you know, physio and strength staff is back. I, I can't think offhand. Really, his kit men are back. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> everything, you know, like all, but these are all pieces of the puzzle to make it comfortable and make it more productive when you're not learning. If you're the new physio guy, you still got to learn. You got to learn, possibly, yeah. you know, different things. But there's very few changes, save some new faces coming into the team. And I think that should make fans very excited. Oh, completely agree. And like you said, like the excitement building from last year into this year, very reasonable to have high hopes and high expectations going into this season. If the team lives up to it again this year, you got to start thinking some of these guys like Kenny Arena start getting looks for head coaching jobs around the league. So this may be the last time successful or otherwise that they have this core group going forward. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, this this is the year to push for silverware, right? Like this is this is the time to go for it. I think. I think so. And and look, uh, if if Kenny Arena leaves and gets a head coaching job, which you're right, at some point he will. I, and and I've had that same thought. You're right. If you're successful and your team is successful and uh, you have the pedigree of the last name of Arena, then yeah, you should right. get an opportunity. Yeah. And and I think Kenny wants the opportunity at some point. Um, but you also got to believe in Pat and Chris to find the right replacement. If yeah. if that is a call. That comes at some point. And look, you you never, whether you own a video production company or you run a soccer club, like these are things you should always be thinking about. If you're not thinking about it, you're not doing your job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I worked at the University of Cincinnati for nine years and and it drove people up a wall that there was the turnover in the football coaches from Mark D'Antonio on to Brian Kelly uh, to Butch Jones. And, you know, now with Luke Fickle leaving. But you know what's a lot better than like being average and going to the Motor City Bowl every year? Like, is, is having people want your coaches. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Absolutely. And that's why I yeah. said, like, I'd rather that, I mean, we, uh, at Fourth Floor Creative, we lost somebody to the Detroit Pistons. Whew. Like, wow. Yeah. That's a compliment, yeah. right? Right. That that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the NBA team wants somebody on our staff, it means we're doing something right. And he's doing right. something right. It's not all our yeah. credit. But I like, guess the, re- the the real problem is when nobody wants your guy. Where right. it's like you start asking questions about wait, they usually take them when they're good. If they're not taking them, that has to mean something's 100%. wrong. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So if 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 FC Cincinnati has a great year and and you know equals or exceeds the success of last season, then yeah, there's no question, no good calls about people, and that's okay. Like that, that if Brandon Vasquez goes and wins the Golden Boot, guess what? Brandon Vasquez is going to be headed to Europe. Like, yeah, that's what he wants. That's okay for that to be his goal. And my kids will be very upset and there'll be a lot of tears <laughs> shed around here when that news comes across. But you know what? Like, that's awesome. And and if he does that, then the team's going to be highly successful and he's going to be successful and headed to Europe. And if she's going to get a whole bunch of money for Chris Albright to go spend, which yeah. is pretty darn so, cool. So we've talked about this on the podcast before, that this idea that in MLS, much like at University of Cincinnati, that's a great analogy, that you don't get to keep the great ones forever. You're 
borrowing right. them for a portion of their career until they move onward and upward. As a broadcaster and as someone that tells stories for a living, how do you sell that to a city like Cincinnati that, no, it doesn't mean we're giving up if Brandon Vasquez goes to Europe. This isn't the same thing as the right. Reds not paying to keep um, uh, Castellanos in town. It's a completely right. different. How do you tell that story to the fan base and uh, help them understand yeah. that this is different? It's a, it's, a, it's a great question, and it's a little bit of the nature of the beast, right? That, again, you want people to want your people. And there are certain scenarios in which it makes sense to keep your people, right? Um, I don't know. I look at it sometimes that Butch Jones is a good friend. Like, Butch could have stayed at the University of Cincinnati. Maybe he'd still be the coach today, making two, three, four million dollars a year, right? But he also got an opportunity to go to the University of Tennessee. That's a pretty great opportunity. And, and so he took it, and, and that's where he went. Um, so I think it's that if, if people want your people, then you're, you're being successful, right? Yeah. And you're doing something mm -hmm. right. And, and we all know, we've all been in a stadium. We've watched the worst of days at that place, and we've seen the best of the days, right? We, we were there for Philadelphia Union game last year which is probably one of the most fun games I ever called a San Jose game last year yeah. when you just finally pound the team you're supposed to pound, <laughs> you know, uh, just, just really just beat them up in, in the way that, that we've, we've waited for and hoped for. And if those things happen, then yeah, some, some guys are going to move on. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a little bit the nature of the beast with the sport because you're right. There aren't going to be, uh, you know, these, these legends who, play for 10 years with FC Cincinnati. You come I mean, Brandon could play here the next 10 years and score 20 goals a year. Right. But the nature of the beast is that he's going to some, if he does that at some point in this progression, someone offers a boatload of money and you have to take it. Yeah. And maybe he comes back in eight years after he goes and plays in Europe and, and <laughs> scores more goals. And that's a great story too. Um, but it's that you're continually building this empire that is FC Cincinnati and you have starting with Carl Lindner, you know, an owner who really, really wants to win and, and make this thing work. And, you know, I think Chris Albright loves it because he knows he can go to him and be like, here's my plan. And here's what we need to spend to be successful. And he has Carl and the other owners who back him up on it. So I think that that is uh, a, a big bonus for everybody involved. And I, I think it's, uh, it's great for the city because look, the ownership's going to back it up, even if some of the faces change. And I think that's the key. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. And I, I really trust the hands that the team is in now. Uh, but you talk about, you know, building this empire and, and you know, these stories where guys going to be successful and, and grow into new roles. I, It's hard not to see some parallels with old fourth floor creative here. You, you started in 2015 and all of a sudden you're off in Qatar helping on, on World Cup broadcast. Could, could you maybe help help flesh out this? story a little bit for me because i I've, i'm not sure i know the specifics how did you how did you get into this role i guess with fc cincinnati Man, to start with but I yeah all night huh <laughs> it's it's complicated it's complex it involves uh, waffles a taste of belgium i think at some point um, it involves airport conversations with dan mcnally and oh man people, uh, i mean look dan mcnally and chef smith uh, we're friends. Obviously, we worked together at the University of Cincinnati, so I knew both of them. Um, and and Jeff Smith knew of my plan leaving F uh, uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. You know, he, he knew I was 
spotting my plan for fourth floor creative. Not many people did until mm. I, you know, formally resigned there, but he was one of the guys who I had kind of run my ideas by and he was still working there. Um, I think Dan McNally had already left um, at that point, but I didn't know that these conversations about FC Cincinnati were going on mm. in the background. And so I, I made the leap of faith to, to start the business and the American athletic conference was our, our first client and uh, Xavier was there in one of the first three or four clients, which was wild because I worked nine years in Clifton and, uh, <laughs> you know, literally May 5th of 2015 was my last day at UC. And on May 6th, I was sitting at Gordo's with the uh, senior associate AD, <laughs> Xavier, pitching in my business, right? <laughs> trying, to, trying to drum up some business. And now they've been a faithful customer of ours and, and a partner of ours for eight years. Um, so, you know, it, it, yeah, there you go. It, you know, it, starts with, um, it, it starts there. And then I, I literally was in Florida. Like I flew to this, uh, conference of all the collegiate athletic people trying to drum up some business. I'm meeting with all these people and there's this guy, um, Andrew Keene, who is from Scotland and he helps guys like Kevin McCloskey. Now this wasn't available when, when Kevin was in high school, but if you're a high school student now in the UK, he'll help you find a college to play at in the United States. So he has connection coaches. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? You he he'll have your highlights and everything, and he'll say, Oh, well, UC needs a guy, or Xavier needs a guy, or you know what I mean? Well, I have this guy yeah. from, from England or whatever. So he helps connect the dots, right? So he was at this conference and we got to talking because we had, had a mutual friend. He was like, You really need to call Dan McNally. Dan McNally might have something going. And I kid you not, I got to the airport and Dan called me before I could call him. He's like, I, we need to talk. There's going to be soccer in Cincinnati. And I said, huh, well, I've heard this story before, but it, it hasn't all worked well. Yeah, that's and an understatement a, of the century. Yeah, I'm trying to start a company and I kind of need money to get this thing going. He's like, there's money. And I said, okay. He said, Carl Linder's involved. And I said, all right, let's get a meeting. And I literally planned back in Cincinnati and and Jeff Smith is calling me and saying the same kind of things because now Jeff is engaged with Jeff Birding mm. and you know those are that's employee one and two um you know McNally and, and, and Smith and so now the ball's really rolling they're like we got to meet like we got to get this thing going they had Gary DeJesus who was helping out and I mean literally the, that was us sitting at at Birding's dining room table kitchen table like you hear those those stories of, of the dining room table. And that's where we were. And most nights it was, I mean, we all know how burning works and it's 12 hour days and he's working at the Bengals all day because he's still finishing out his run there. We're all sitting in his, this wall at his house, uh, like that lines the driveway, you know, like a retaining wall. We'd all be yeah. sitting there waiting for him to come home from work. He'd come <laughs> there in the driveway and open the garage and we all go upstairs and get some beers. And, uh, hopefully he brought us a pizza or something and, and we get this thing started. So, um, yeah, I mean, it started there and honestly, it was just supposed to be like, let's help get the club off the ground yeah, and let's get it started in 2015. And I was like, well, this is cool. Cause we can, now we have a lot of work examples that we've done as fourth floor creative and they have what they need to get off the ground. And that's when Jeff was like, well, wait, 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 where are you going? Like we need more. And so we were okay. And then Jeff and I sat down to talk and that's when we started talking about broadcast. And he's like, well, I know you got a lot of experience. Like I need a TV deal. And, and I literally told a story to somebody else today. Like as he, he's like, I want to have the best broadcast in the USL, like from when we come on the air, like, I don't, we're not going to do this. Like some of the teams do it. 
I need you to play. We're not going to do it like MLS team does it yet, but we are. I want that to be less of a step up when we get there. So I want to have a nice broadcast. Can you set that up? And I said, sure. Yeah, I can. And he said, well, who are you going to hire for your play-by-play guy? I said, me. I'll be <laughs> and he said, okay, here's the deal. I'll never forget this. He's in Belgium. And he goes, I'm going to hire the play-by-play guy. You go hire an analyst and a sideline reporter, and we'll go from there. And you find me a TV station, and I, we went and negotiated a TV deal. You know, we got trucks set up, and 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 I laughed thinking about it. And uh, if I went back and watched that game, which sometimes I do just to, to give Kevin a hard time, but, um, you know, because Kevin was a deer in headlights that night. I didn't know the <laughs> it was the first time we threw him on the air. And, and God love him. He, he learned really quickly. But, um, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget a tweet from that night. And, you know, logging on Twitter after broadcast, y'all's got to be a little careful. But I'll never forget a, a, a Louisville City supporter tweeting, I, 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 it hates me to type this, but FC Cincinnati already has the best broadcast in the league. Boom. Right? There like, you go. So there's you no needed. higher compliment than the Louisville City fan saying that, that they enjoyed the broadcast. So, you so, know, from there we just built, you know, day by day. So with regard to that, talking about logging on to Twitter, um, since you've probably seen it, would you like to apologize to the fan base for what happened in this franchise from the buildup to MLS? Since as the broadcaster, it was all clearly your fault based on how the mentions were. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, usually a lot of these things are, are my fault. And uh, if, if, I, if I made any missteps along the way, I apologize. <laughs> Let's just put a, can we just do a blanket? Like, you know, just, just kind of cover right. all. That's my favorite apology. Of I'm sorry I if you were down, offended. Uh, I yes. apologize for that across time. But look, I mean, in all seriousness, you got to have a little bit of thick skin. Like it goes back, same thing with kits, right? Like, yes. Yep. People love kits. People hate kits. People love the best broadcasters in the world. Um, you know, there, there are guys who I really, really respect who are going to be on Apple TV, who are going to call games, and people are going to tweet at them and tell them that they're the worst ever and that they suck and they want their local guy who they're used to listening to. And that's okay that's fine, but they don't suck. Right. Like, right. Like the, these guys have these positions for a reason. There's guy, you know, uh, people would tweet at, at John strong during the world cup. John strong is amazing broadcaster. And I have all the respect in the world for him and the way that he prepares and the way he calls a match. And I love listening to him on the air. And that might not be your cup of tea. Maybe you prefer John champion, maybe you prefer somebody else. And, and, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, you know, these things get, get tossed around just like kits or broadcasters or whatever else except uh, for tony romo he really does suck <laughs> <laughs> oh no he can't have him dish, I'm dish on the industry yeah <laughs> no i was i was i was kidding obviously <laughs> yeah, I, I i picked up on that sarcasm <laughs> so How? that first yeah. that first season you're in mls you're broadcasting soccer what was the hardest thing that most people wouldn't think about, about learning to be a soccer broadcaster at a high level, like you were from day one when we started the USL? Um, hmm. that, that, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think the thing that, and, and I had a good, you know, you guys mentioned the Qatar trip and I had the great fortune of, of, you know, sitting next to for 12 broadcasts, Derek Ray. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think Derek Ray is widely regarded as, you know, the, the best at pronunciations. Yeah. And 
you know, he, love him or hate him. And, and people, some people, again, like he's really good, but people right. hate him because he calls Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandes. And he insists that that's how Bruno wants it. Like literally we sat in a van and had this whole conversation. And then he reminded everybody on the air that that's how Bruno likes it. Even though Ali's calling it Bruno Fernandez and he's calling him Bruno Fernandes. Like, but look, this guy can recite you thousands of names accurately, whether it's Fernandez or Fernandez, like you play FIFA, you, you, whatever yes. you do, like, you know, and I think that, uh, as, as we got an MLS and, and look, admittedly, this is where at times I get in my own head is I hit a tough pronunciation and for whatever reason, I can't get it right. And then I'm thinking about it. So then you're definitely not, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it kind of spirals from there. So that, I think it was probably a little more challenging in uh, MLS at, at times. I mean, uh, look, when, when teams roll out the Smiths and the Jones and, and the Brenners and, you know, <laughs> and the Vasquez and the Costas of the world, like it's not, it, it, it doesn't mess with you, but there's inevitably two or three teams that, that get in your head every year. And I, I can't really explain it. And I talk to Derek about it a lot because I know that, right? Like I know that that is something that at times will trip me up and there's a lot going on. So you're trying to figure out, all right, you got to nail this name, no matter how many times I said it to myself in my hotel room or my house or my <laughs> car earlier in the day, in that yeah. moment, you're like, crap, what was it again? And like, <laughs> I know I asked the other broadcaster, but he ain't with me right now. So like, I can't go back to him and be like, say it again in my ear because now we're live. Right. And so I think that that, that probably was, uh, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing I would say, um, you know, and, and look, there's more eyeballs then. And so it's a little bit of adjustment there, but um, no, I mean, it was, it, it looked to, to do four years on, on television, the way we were able to was, was a blast and, and so much fun. You know, the move, if people, if people give you a hard time for mispronouncing a word or a name is just to say that you're an autodidact. So you learn by reading instead of like people just like <laughs> telling you stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I've only I've only read the word. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm well read. Please don't accuse yeah. me of. <laughs> right. No doubt. I mean, look, there's nothing better. A lot of teams do it. Um, where they will send you like uh, audible clips. Where you uh, click down the roster. Yeah. And hear hear the guys, and that's usually what I try to go with. Um, you know, I've always yeah, I remember the first time when when Danny Kunick showed up, right. And I literally drove him to his sh- like green screen shoot. And I said, Danny, tell- say your name for me. And he's like, Koenig. And I said, all right, that's what I'm going to call you. He goes, well, a lot of people in America say Koenig. And I'm like, well, what do you want to be called? This isn't how this works. Like, are you, are you uh, like, if you're Koenig, you're Koenig, man. If that's what people call you, that's what I'm going to call. It. Here's the craziest part. Y'all want no secret, please. And this Absolutely. Just came out. And, and, uh, some people may have noticed it over the last year. So like I've done seven years of games with Kevin McCluskey, right? Yeah. For like six plus years, I called him Kevin McCluskey. (laughs) (laughs) We're like sitting here at dinner like three or four games in the last season. He's like, man, you know, it's McCluskey, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a great time to bring it up. That's on him. I'm like, why did it take you six years to tell me this? If you sit there silently, that's on you at that point. You're the, (laughs) you're the asshole there. He's accepting it. (laughs) Like, I I don't even remember how it like came out 
but I remember I'd never forget sitting there and our producer David Ashbrock was sitting there and I'm like so I mean I tried to make it like and I mean if you really went back and looked like there are times like when we came on cameras I would like make sure I said it when he was on camera to like make him smirk and I'd be like <laughs> so I'd Kevin McCluskey wink, wink, that's, that's funny, but see your brain's so trained because I've said it a thousand times over six years right it took me a while to break that habit so I, I had a question about about yeah. pronunciation on FC Cincinnati. So a commonly mispronounced, mispronounced name is uh, Alec Can. People like to say like Alec Khan, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's Can. It's Can. Um, I do want a definitive ruling on uh, Roman's last name. Celentano. Okay, because I swear to God, I saw an interview where he said Celentano, and it's been like messing me up ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said anything but Celentano. Okay. So, All right. Um, I, and he's, I mean, here's the thing with Roman, like he's, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. So he probably never in a million years, <laughs> correct you. Uh, I think the safe, be like, the safe move right. in this space is just to call him big Rome. I think then you Rome, know, yeah, you never have to get into it. Yeah, exactly. Like if we could just go with stuff like that, you know, like, like I said, Brenner's really easy. Yeah. Like, just keep it, keep it to Brenner. But um, no, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a trick at sometimes. Oh, no, that, that's fantastic. Now, um, I know we, uh, I, I, like I said before, I don't want to waste too oh, much of good. your time with our silly podcast here. Uh, but we uh, we asked a couple of members of our uh, Discord server for some questions for oh, for uh, for Tommy G before the uh, before the I season. I can only here. imagine what goes down on the Discord. It's I it's nothing good. I can tell <laughs> yeah. you that much. Stay um, away. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we may have to tiptoe around this one a little nope. bit, but. How involved will fourth floor creative be with the MLS season pass for FC Cincinnati? And will it be possible to hear the local radio broadcast during games? Okay. Uh, first part with fourth floor creative, we're already, I mean, all the pieces that went up in that first load on February 1st mm -hmm. were produced by, by my crew, our crew. Oh, great. Yeah. Floor. So lovely um, stuff. Yeah. Everything up there. More due next week. Um, it's very hype piece that's coming out. That's awesome. So that'll be part of it. That's that's coming from our shop. Uh, and yeah, no, very very heavily involved in in the Apple TV upload right now and season pass and and all of that. And some of that I think we repurpose on pregame shows, whip around shows, and, and and things of that purpose. But we had a call today to kind of go through. There's some more feature type stuff that's due next week, and then there's some routine stuff for every single game week um, that's involved. And uh, they, they have come out and made it, I guess, clear about what the uh, ability to listen to, ho to home radio broadcasts will be this year. You know, okay. when they originally announced this back in June, the idea was that home and road radio broadcast. So if you watched a, and I think I watched one MLB game on Apple TV and I'm a I'm from Cleveland. So I'm a guardians fan. And I was watching it and I kind of was playing remote and noticed like, oh, wait, I have options here, right? And Tom yeah. Hamilton, legendary voice of the Indians, Guardians. So I flip over to Tom Hamilton. I'm like, well, this is great. And it's synced properly and everything else, you know? And so Apple has obviously that built in because they did it for Major League Baseball last year. But in this first year of the new deal, they're only going to integrate the app, the home radio broadcast. So you'll have options. So FC Cincinnati is playing Houston. Um, 10 days from now, you can watch 
Apple English TV, or you can watch and listen to Apple English TV, which I haven't even heard of who, who, who is signed up for that game yet, then mm. you can click down. And if you are fluent in Spanish or just enjoy the game better that way, go to Apple Spanish broadcasters who will be on site. And then there will be a home radio broadcast ah. that if you would like to listen to, I don't know, people that maybe are familiar to you, <laughs> then you would go down and click on the home English. Now, if, uh, for example, we're playing at New York, then the home Spanish, if you have alternate language radio, would be on there as well. But for this year, at least, it's only going to be home with the full intent that next year mm. you could pick your local broadcasters for all 34 regular season games because they'd have it embedded. But they got a lot to figure out going into, you know, a week and a half from right now. So if we're watching an FCC, I, I know you, you said it, but I'm just trying to understand. I got you. Um, so if we're watching a road game for FC Cincinnati, the our radio broadcast option is only is only going to be the like, the home correct. team. Like, like Orlando's the first for, road Orlando, game, right? It's so going to be Orlando's get, radio team. Correct. So you okay. would have to attempt to sync on your own. Yeah. Uh, the the local the radio, broadcast. radio broadcast with um, Apple TV, which uh, I don't know how far behind. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Yeah. I don't know how much lag there is going to be. It, it, it'll be a very, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see. Oh no. Well, that's, that's very exciting for, uh, you know, whatever that radio broadcast, yeah, whatever might that look might like. look like, uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. keep an eye out for, uh, some, some official releases in the coming days, you know, and all of that information. But I, I, I can tell you, I will be at TQL stadium in 10 days and okay. probably be awesome. If it's cold or something like that, I'll be at least comfortable in one of the many broadcast booths. <laughs> <laughs> and now that now that there not uh, if it is you or if you want to pass this along, now that there's a home broadcast option that we can choose, it's got to be full homer. It's got to be yeah, every it, call is the worst thing ever against us. How dare they <laughs> issue that red card? Listen, that off sideline was terrible. Yeah. I got to keep a little cr- or or whoever's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying that if the broadcast went full, like, you know, Pravda and the Soviet Union, I don't think anyone would be mad about that. Yeah. Sometimes it just feels good to have someone else sharing your indignation over the terrible officiating. Yeah. You can let loose a bit, you know, it's, uh, there, there, there are times. And, uh, I mean, we all can reflect on what 2017 or 2018 in the, the infamous Guido Gonzalez game. I do appreciate, I do appreciate this past year, a couple of times where you shared the fans frustration. It just how absurd that stretch of games was where it seemed like literally every, every call, every 50, 50 right. call was going against the team. And it, it felt good because I was sitting there watching these games, just enraged. And somebody else was sharing that with me on the TV and let me know I wasn't losing my mind alone. And I appreciate right. that. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. In, in that regards, and I'll try to be more for you. Because what you got to remember is like, we're podcasters. And then, so us and our listeners are watching the game alone. So we have nobody to share so our you frustrations need someone to with. scream with is what you yes. say. Yes. 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 Someone to agree with me. That's fair. Or, or fair. if you're watching the game with somebody else that isn't quite as big of a fan, 
and the announcer is as mad as you are, you can point to your wife or significant other and say, see, yes, he right. agrees with me. I'm right. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> I mean, I wore out I wore out Howard Webb so much there, I think, for like four or five consecutive weeks that he moved back to England. So <laughs> he, know, like, <laughs> he left Major League Soccer to avoid me. And that's exactly when he told me and, and he texted me at some point and said, I'm getting... I'm moving back and I have this great opportunity. I said, yeah, 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 that's bullshit, man. I know why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Spanish experts, whatever. But like, uh, you know, like he, I was like, you're not. Yeah, I said, you're sick of me, man. Just admit that I wore you out and you decided to to go back across the pond. But uh, <laughs> I, and, and, and to be fair, like uh, they, those folks and the pro, the, the pro referee folks, and I, I try to explain this on the air, like, they would spend an hour with us every other week going through controversial calls and mm. at times admitting like the VAR blew it or the assistant referee blew it or the match official blew it. And and there were times that that match official, we would sit on zoom with 20, 30, 40 broadcasters, sometimes a smaller crowd. And I didn't understand why others weren't always on there, but you know, like the referee would come on and be like, yeah, I was out of position or I, I was screened by the defender. I, there's no way I can make the call. And I blew it. And I went to the monitor and I got it right. Or I was the VAR and I didn't get it right. You know, all of these little things that um, are, are a piece of the puzzle. So I do give them credit. Um, and, and, you know, infamously the, the Columbus game last year, like I, I remember I was pulling out TQL Stadium at 1130 or something. And I'm on the phone with Howard and I was like, Howard, very respectfully, I disagree with everything you're telling me. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. I was like, he may never talk to me again. Like, that was my reaction when I hung up. I was like, Howard's never going to answer my call again <laughs> because I was still ticked off like everybody else. And, uh, you know, I was like, I refuse to to accept your explanation. I, that was frustrating, it, it, but I got to say, losing, I got to say, losing the Brenner back hill goal against NYCFC is probably the one that. Yeah, that irritates um, me the most because that ref was there's no way he could tell what the ball was was in or out. Yeah, that one was that I, one was really bad too. If you're looking to pitch uh MLS for something for fourth floor creative, just recording that Zoom call and putting it up for uh for broadcast, I uh, would tune in every week to watch right. the officials explain all of the controversial calls. I might have even seen the game. I'll still tune in to oh, watch yeah. them like actually just be human and admit, yeah. yeah, we're not perfect. I think that would be such cool content to watch. I bet, I bet you get it. better buy-in by fans for having refs say that they blew it. I think people mm -hmm. would be more appreciative of the refereeing job. Doesn't the NBA, yeah. like, have you watch them go through the review? Yeah. yeah. But and then they have a microphone there, and yeah, they say, like, uh, they, they announce it to the whole arena. And yeah. I think, honestly, the next step is, and we saw it in MLS's back, which is – Right, like, yeah. That was now three years ago, right? Almost three right. years ago, two and a half years ago. Wow. But but you remember, and it was like yes. FCC's first game, there was a controversial call, and you got to hear everything the VAR was saying. Yeah. And it was amazing, and I think it's more – my understanding is it's kind of a union situation, and, you know, mm. the, the officiating union or something has to – uh, agree to do it on a regular basis or whatever but like how you talk about want to make broadcast better like i've harped on them since that day like this is how you make broadcast better and how you 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 lend the credibility in that situation or this is what i saw oh you're right that makes sense yeah and they use that system in rugby too they mic up the okay. uh, the referee the entire time right um, and you can hear the referee like chirping back to players like nah man right. you missed him or whatever so i also um, knew that about rugby 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Noticed that>. Noted. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention that first question from the Discord. It, it came from Patrick, and I, I want to make sure we get this one in from Mike uh, before yep. we let you go. Uh, this is one that, that has come up before with other guests, but I need your take here. Did GB actually bite Niall McCabe? <laughs> that's, a, that's a wild question. Uh, <laughs> the evidence that we presented did not prove that he bit him. Thank you. Um, there we go. <laughs> Finally, we've got a, a an affirming answer for I what really I really appreciate that phrasing. <laughs> it was a wild... <laughs> That'll be in the book one day. All right? It <laughs> did not prove that he, that he bit it. But, uh, there is perfect, proof. Perfect, no the, notes. the evidence that we presented proved that you could not see him bite him. There you go. Oh, Thank no. Goodness. I'm taking that as proof full full fledged there. So this is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, no. Uh, GB's a legend, man. There was yeah. a night. Uh, I'll leave you with this one. Please. Like, there's a video shoot we did. Uh, I want to say it was 2017 was when they replaced the board at Nipper. Yeah. And he came like we were shooting on the field. So guys would come into the dressing room down there below the Bailey and change. And he had uh, some cultural event or something that night. So he had on a, a, a traditional African garb that was like all these wild colors with like gold stripes on it. So like you could see him run down the tunnel <laughs> and he, he he went in to change and couldn't find his uniform. Oh. And like came running out with his pants on and like no shirt because he had started to undress, went to grab his uniform, couldn't find it. And <laughs> we were like, GB, it's definitely there, man. Like we laid it out, like whatever. Put on somebody else's uniform. Like, we don't care. We just had to do this video shoot. And I'll never forget, like, we were doing it like midfield at 10 o'clock at night. And because he has this like gold reflective uh outfit on, like we Two minutes later, I see him and he's running back up the tunnel, gone. Like that was it. He just decided. Like, he just gave no uniform in there. That was, I can't find mine. And like nobody was close enough to manage it or look for it. And and somebody came out with it like ten minutes later. They're like, it just fell off the table. Like it was underneath the table where all the oh my gosh. And he he just. I mean, what a guy, what a legend, man. What a, yeah. But he, he had some of the most unbelievable moments in, 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 in that season's history. Um, man. Yeah. But I'll never forget that scene of him being like, well, when's GB coming out? And someone's like, ah, you, I, I think I see his back running back up the tunnel to his car. <laughs> he's he went back he's leaving the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> oh my like, God. No, he, he will forever remain my, my favorite player in FC Cincinnati history. It'll take quite a bit to surmount that. So, okay. um, well, hopefully no. we see some candidates this year of, of guys who inspire you to at least get at least crack into your top five or something. Hey, Santiago Arias picking up his first red card, obviously preseason, <laughs> but first straight minutes, red, right? jumping quickly up the ranks. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm all about this. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard what happened, but yeah, I, I, I mean, talk about Chris Albright pushing the right buttons. You know, back to where we started, like that that could be a signing that of a guy who hasn't been healthy, who who you get in on the right fee. Um, you know, yeah. and, and the right salary, like that could make a massive, massive difference. I'm really, really excited to see yeah. him. I only saw him train a little bit when he was, you know, still here since I didn't even make it down to Florida this year, but um, really, really excited to see him next week and, and see where he's come. Cause people, when I last talked to everybody, were very excited about him. Well, our, our friend Pat Brennan said it was soft. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. From, 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 what do they say? From Pat's ear, mouth to God's ears or whatever. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, thank you again yeah. so much for coming on. Uh, you know, whoever may be on the local radio broadcast, hopefully we get an announcement, say, next week. That yeah, would be a good week, time to announce uh, it. I think, think there'll be some news. So uh, everybody stay tuned for that. But uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited for the season, excited for the opportunity to to still be involved and, and be around. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I think it's going to be a great year. It should be, um, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. And if the team puts it together, then it, it could be, like you said, chasing silverware, whether that's League's Cup, MLS Cup, whatever else uh, may come across their table. They have the right people leading this team and uh, everybody from from the top all the way through, you know, uh, whether, whether, I mean, they got the, uh, my guy, Chris is the best elevator operator at the stadium. This guy cares about the team. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, and, and you could ask Kevin McCluskey the same thing. Kevin McCluskey. So he just did it. Uh, you know, you could ask him the same thing, like, because 2021, we left after some really awful losses, right. And just mm-hmm. heart wrenching things. And we get on the elevator out of there. And this guy, Chris is the most positive guy. And he would tell us every night, like, Guys, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Believe in the team. Believe in this. And 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 he's in there listening. And look, you know, he he was right. Like we got there. And uh, I, I truly believe. And I, I've told Jeff this. Uh, you know, Mitch Cicero, who oversees all the broadcasts. Like I told him, I'm like this. This club's going to win. And uh, you know, I can't wait for that moment. Oh well, from your mouth to God's ears. Yes, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Threw it right back at me. There we go. Sorry, right, roll that clip back uh, or whatever. All right. Oh my gosh! No, again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Anytime. And we're back, and man, I loved that conversation. That he's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, again, I'm still blown away that he agreed to come on. So this was a lot of fun for me, at least. <laughs> but he's um, it's funny. I he's a good sport about it, but it is it is a thing I got to thinking about. Like I've I've heard interviews with other broadcasters. Like Joe Buck has been on part of my take a lot, and mm-hmm. I find myself whenever I listen to broadcasters who are professionals talk, it's hard to ever dislike them because they're so passionate usually about doing a good job, and it. Yeah. It made me sort of regret some of the things I might have tweeted in anger about <laughs> our broadcasts. But by the same token, it's like I think I, I think he he had a good point and I think he answered it well that like when you're the broadcaster of a team, you kind of bear the brunt for the team being terrible because you're probably the, he's probably the only person that you can go after when you're angry at how the team is playing. And for better or worse, there were a lot of games Tommy G broadcasted where I sat there watching them angry. And literally anyone talking would have gotten on my nerves as we continue to get our dicks stomped in. That's a great point. Yeah, I don't know if having I I don't know who's who's the commentator that is universally loved. I don't think there is one. But um, yeah, whoever whoever you want to put up there, John Champion. You could have fucking Arlo White doing the FC Cincinnati games. I still would have found him insufferable as he tried to spin how the team was getting better because they were only down three goals as opposed to four like they were the week before. 
and I'm sure Chicago fans get really annoyed with him when he was doing that. And if Seattle was ever bad during the 10-year run that he had with them, Ray Hudson is a blast until he's calling the Golazos against your club, right? So, um, yeah, no, he's he's put in a tough spot sometimes. But, uh, no, for, he's, he's our guy, and it, it sounds like he's not allowed to say anything officially, but... You'll definitely be able to hear him on uh, home <laughs> broadcasts. So uh, happy to see he's he's still around. Um, it's a shame it wasn't official because one piece of this that is not uh, abundantly clear to me: who do we think the sideline reporter will be for for Tommy and Kevin this year? With no stack, I doubt Lindsey Patterson's willing to come back. I I don't know who the obvious choice is here. I mean, so. it could be a situation like they do in. Um... I've seen this done in college and I've seen it done other places where there's just a headset down there and they put the headset on the coach and they talk mm. to him directly from the broadcast booth to do an interview. I don't know. I, that could be fun. Yeah, probably that. Put it on Paul Rogers. I just want <laughs> the Paul Rogers feed as he's screaming at uh, Celentano. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, well, here I will. Uh, I, I will start us off, and I, I will move quickly through here. Uh, in my eleven this week, I'm putting the for you tab on Twitter. Look, I I hated this thing when it first showed up, but uh, I have to admit. It's been pretty it's been pretty useful. It's actually done a pretty good job of recommending things to me that so, I either missed or would be interested in. Do you have something to say that you want to say to uh noted listener of the podcast, Elon Musk, then in that case, Kevin? Uh Elon, I'm I'm sorry. The uh the the engineers that I guess you are literally whipping at the office are doing a good job voting <laughs> away for you. So um no, I I appreciate the for you tab when I didn't think I would. I wish it wasn't the default. I'll I'll say that, but I I like that it exists and it, it, I've found it useful. The only thing I'll say on this is I think it's it's a, a function of them fucking up the rest of the website so much. Yeah. That they've like kind of forced us over to the for you tab. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I do appreciate Twitter being down though. That is also in my eleven uh, because the Discord numbers start to spike when that happens. So that was useful. Uh, happy to have all the new members along. Uh, out of my eighteen, I'm putting dining rooms in homes. Uh, I, this is a very suburban dad take, but we have a formal dining room in our house that never gets used. We have a dining room table that exists to be a large mailbox, and I've been given the tentative green light from from the missus to take out the dining room table replace it with a smaller rounder table build a bar on the other side of the dining room gonna build it into something of a lounge sort of vibe and i think it'll get way more use so i'm excited to literally kick my dining room out of my 18 isn't that like everybody that grew up in the suburbs back in the 90s that you had a di- we had a place that you ate and then a place that you didn't eat unless it was super serious, formal occasion. You had like a living room that you lived exactly. in and watched TV. Then you had another living room exactly. that had furniture you didn't <laughs> use. Like everything about growing up in the 90s was having two of everything and yes. one that just didn't get used for some reason. Yeah. I live in the city and I live in a house that was built in the 1870s. So we don't really have wasted space. So like <laughs> our dining room just is where we eat all the time. It's also where we like socialize. Uh, it's where my wife like 
works from home during the day. <laughs> yes, I understand that this is a uh, an absolute first world problem, if not an upper echelon first world problem to have space in my house that is wasted. That is that is an absolute luxury and probably a crime against the planet. But uh, I'm excited to to find a use for it. So that's where I'm at with it. I am pro bar. Yeah, I mean, right now, don't have a great place to make it. It's also where we are keeping the alcohol as it is, so it just kind of makes sense to flow there. It's a good time. Uh, Grayson, what are you putting in and taking out? Uh, in the eleven, I think it's our Discord. Ooh, uh, I think it's okay. been a nice. I think it's been a nice addition to the postcast community. Um, I think it's proven what I suspected um, that we have, on average, the. Um, smartest and best looking listener base <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. among all uh, FC Cincinnati podcasts. Clearly. And then I think getting everybody together in the same community has only made everybody, um, you know, smarter. It's growing the, it's growing the gap, you know, yeah. we're, we're pulling ahead is very, right. very obvious. Yeah. Cause every, we make, we make each other better. I iron sharpens iron here. I, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's confirmed what I already suspected that there's only like a hundred people that listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> if that, but hey, on a now good they day. can hang out. Um, no, I, it, if you're interested, there's a link in the description of this uh, episode, depending on which platform you're looking at. But um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's been useful. It's been fun. We'll see what happens during the season. Uh, maybe we get some some match day threads going. Um, hey, we got some so questions yeah. for Tommy G out of the Discord too. So that worked well. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, Grayson, what are you taking out or putting out or kicking out? However you want um, to phrase it. I I do think that some of the interaction has has let people get a little over their skis um this is, we don't like want your feedback on our opinions <laughs> so uh i i made a comment about about the tv show chernobyl and it's come back on this take has chased you around the internet the discord and it showed up on reddit of yeah. all places and i never said chernobyl was like a bad show you in fact said i said it i said written. wait i said it was incredibly well made and it was well acted but the writing was like a Wikipedia page. The writing and is, I think, specifically the dialogue here, yes. I agree, <laughs> that, and I, I stick to it, that the writing was like reading a Wikipedia page. And I've watched The Last of Us, and The Last of Us is another show that's really well made, terribly written. And <laughs> if you want to watch a, a lone wolf and pup uh, post-apocalyptic show, it should be Station Eleven, which is a thousand times better than The Last of Us. So what I'd like but, everyone but, but, to do but, but is ultimately, to... my point is, um, we the man needs to defend we, his honor. We deliver, we deliver takes here. It's not a debate. <laughs> please, this is uh, not a debate. <laughs> please go to Reddit if you have any problems with Grayson's takes on this episode. Go to Reddit. Post a link to this episode on Reddit, like full episode link on Reddit. And then in the comments, please roast Grayson for having roast. a terrible take. Please, please go to Reddit because I won't see it unless somebody like directly links me to it, or which is how I saw the, which is how I take. And by the way, the other, the other thing was like, 
people were saying that like CST knows a lot about like roster rules and stuff. We provide tons of information about roster rules. <laughs> we just, you know, uh, we just make you work a little bit for it. Right. You gotta, you gotta because go we know, for it. because we know, because we know our listeners are smarter than the average <laughs> podcast listener. So you're able, you're able to like, kind of, you know, it's, it's like how we, our articles are satirical, right? Because yes. you write satire because you want the reader to reach the point on their own. Yes. You know, because you trust the reader. You're not, we're not spoon feeding people here on this podcast. Yes. A good teacher shows you three corners of the room. It's up to you to find the fourth corner. Yeah. It's, also the, it's also the case that with MLS roster rules, you can just make anything up. And as long as you sound confident saying it, people <laughs> come away from the episode being, oh, yeah, no, there definitely is a under seven initiative to sign a toddler to play for your team. <laughs> That is literally how I treat MLS roster rules. I just walk into it with full confidence and then wait for Grayson to correct me. <laughs> oh, oh, chief. I guarantee uh, you, I guarantee you, no other podcast, no other FC Cincinnati podcast has actually read the collecting bar- collective bargaining agreement. Or an actual contract. Or, or yes, or the yeah. standard player agreement. I've read the fucking standard player agreement. Has fucking uh, Brian Weigel read the standard player agreement? I guarantee you, you know. Where you, you know where you could find all this information? Uh, it's a place that you seem to not like, and that's Wikipedia, because you've been shitting all over Wikipedia. <laughs> the uh, the MLS uh, TV show for, for HBO is going to crush. It's just people <laughs> reading the MLS roster rule Wikipedia page. Anybody, if, if, if anybody wants a Kaku or Latif <laughs> Blessings standard player agreement, send me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh Chief, what are you uh what are you what are you putting in the eleven there? I'm putting aliens in the eleven. That's um, a good place to go. I'm yep. uh <laughs> I am absolutely staying woke that all of the balloons and items that we've shot down over the last uh week. I know we had we talked about balloons in the last episode. Well, it's not just balloons now, it's unidentified flying objects, and we're getting very good at, at shooting them out of the sky now. And I'm Firmly convinced this is aliens, and that's the reason why they're not telling us about this. Um, the reason why they haven't recovered any debris. It's the reason why we haven't gotten any pictures. When we when we blew the shit out of Iraq, we had high definition footage of shit blowing up within 20 minutes on CNN. Yet nothing when we're apparently shooting shit out of the sky over Lake Superior or Lake Huron. And um, yeah, I think it's extraterrestrials. Um, Many people are saying, and by many people, I mean me when I'm doing edibles, um, that the way we would find out that aliens are real aren't with like, you know, the Vulcans landing or the little green men coming out. It would be them seeing this planet on one of their telescopes or picking up a radio wave and sending maybe a a small cylindrical object floating around tethered to a balloon to collect information. We're just shooting it out of the sky. And we are not alone, and you can't fool me with your bullshit anymore, Joe Biden. I'm on to you. So he doesn't aliens. know if there's an alien. That's probably true. <laughs> They're no, not some, telling him. No, somebody told me that. No. Somebody said this, and I can't unknow this: that the surest sign that we've never been contacted by extraterrestrials is that Donald Trump didn't tweet about it. Because if he found out about that, there'd be no fucking doubt he'd run right to Twitter and say something. I mean, um, so didn't they talk about that? That they like wouldn't let him see like the JFK files or something like that. I I don't know how much of that is true, but 
Um, it would be really funny though if they shot down an alien probe and somebody walked over and put one of those Brandon I did that <laughs> stickers on it. <laughs> hey, you know, depending on how I, I guess if this is first contact, depending on how second contact goes, Biden's a hero or the villain of humanity. So they yes. either walk into this with respect and they're terrified of us, or they just decide to annihilate us. So. Well, if Star Trek is any is any indication, um, if you indicate to an alien race that your first uh, instinct is to shoot at them, they're okay. going to annihilate you. Yeah, right. you're, you're at least not you're, getting you're invited not. to the Federation. Or no, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> if your first instinct is to shoot, isn't that how the Mirror Universe gets started in that one episode of Enterprise? That they shoot the Vulcans at first contact as opposed to... Uh, I was I was thinking about the like big head Jeff Sessions looking guys. Oh yeah, those guys. From uh, like the, the menagerie and the cage, yeah. depending on what episode you saw. Well, I mean, depending on what episode or what movie you're watching, they also come back looking for the whales and just devastate the planet that's also fun so <laughs> i don't know there's a they they never really were consistent on how this works out when we meet the extraterrestrials um the other fun part about this before i move on to my out of the 18 is that apparently when they were shooting down one of the aliens they lost a missile somewhere in lake superior just one of them didn't <laughs> hit and so there's now undetonated ordnance down at the bottom of a great lake which allows me to tell my favorite story and that's that if you really want to go find some real fun, there's an undetonated nuclear bomb off the coast of Georgia by Tybee That's Island. Right. And yes. it's just chilling there. They don't know where it's at. So, you know, don't tell the terrorists, I guess. But if you want to go diving off Tybee Island, you might find some real fun stuff. I was going to say, is it too late for them to, like, do an episode of The Last of Us where they're fishing for walleye? And <laughs> well, they're going they're going west in the last they of us they're not going yeah. south to georgia everyone knows no, this I mean, but in in lake superior oh oh there you go do the, do the clickers are they are they hurt by missiles that have been sitting at the bottom of freshwater lakes for a number of years you know uh the great lakes probably also have unexploded ordnance from the war of 1812 so it's nice to think that they're the bombs are sitting there next to each other yeah, yeah but that'll like roast a marshmallow Right. <laughs> right. Out of my 18 yes. is is me while intoxicated. Oh. So um apparently Uh-oh. I may or may not have accidentally bought another copy of <laughs> Becky Zimmerman's book. I had originally bought it um on Kindle and today a package arrived from Amazon that I didn't remember having ordered an Amazon package and I opened it up and sure enough an actual paperback <laughs> copy of Becky Zimmerman's book was there. And I looked back on my uh, the old transaction history. And sure enough, on Friday at about 2 a.m. Don't really recall what I was wow. doing at 2 a.m. But <laughs> the answer buying was buying a, copy, buying a copy of <laughs> the Walker Zimmerman story. So hit me up on uh, on Twitter if you've got an idea for I'm going to give this away to somebody because I don't need another copy of this book. Um I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> one copy is one copy too many. Two copies is a, a an extreme surplus here. The, the sad part <laughs> was is that I I came home from work and I you know I'd gotten home a little late and the wife had beaten me home and she was like oh you got a package and I was like I don't remember that well what's inside and having to explain to her why <laughs> I had a copy of a soccer a, a book about an MLS player written by his mom. And like his journey of faith and football, 
It, it, and there was not so, an FC Cincinnati player. At that. Not an FC Cincinnati player. And, and her first question was, how much did you spend on this? That's a fair question. <laughs> so jokes on you. It was $12. And that's my done. It's good. I, we we got to figure out what we're going to do with the copy of this book. There's got to be some sort of a contest to win this. I have to think. I do. I, I, I do like the idea of a contest. And I, I think a, a listener should win it in some way, shape or form. But yeah, I'm. I don't, I'm I'm out of ideas at the moment. I don't know. Well, hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter and tell me what we should do to to auction this book off. If it's uh, <laughs> I don't want to do something for charity because that would be giving this book too much credit that it's actually yeah. worth a charitable donation. Um, no, you know. should donate to a charity if that's your instinct. Like yes, yeah, just, just, just give that charity five dollars. Yeah. You don't need the book for that. The book doesn't help your charitable cause. But I do like the idea of finding some way to to give it to somebody. Um, they should make you do a math problem to try and order something after one a.m. on Amazon. <laughs> like the, the, your phone should challenge you to prove that you really want to do this. Because oh. I did this once before. I was in D.C. Uh, with some yeah. friends one time. And I came home and two weeks later, a Darkwing Duck t-shirt showed up in the mail. And I have no idea why I bought it or what led me to want to own a Darkwing Duck shirt. But I once uh, I once bought. Um, I once drunk bought at like one, two in the morning uh, tickets to see Hamilton with the original cast on Broadway in New York City. <laughs> that's, so, that's a big purchase. Um, we woke up the next day and we realized Okay, so now we have to go buy tickets to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it for the next night? Did you have to, like, no, find no, a flight? No, no. Okay, that would have well, been we incredible. Like, we, like, picked some random weekend, and we were like, oh, yeah, we're free that weekend. But it was, like, $400 a ticket to go <laughs> to this show. So then we had to, like, the next day be like, oh, I guess we're going to New York that weekend. So we got to buy plane tickets and find a place to stay and then you know <laughs> go out to go out to restaurant so that was like a pretty expensive I've uh, drug purchase i've done this a couple of times with friends where we've talked ourselves into taking trips and like thank god delta has the 24-hour cancellation policy with no questions asked because there's been a couple of times where we've decided we're going somewhere and the next day other people are the hell you are <laughs> right um i'm going to um i am dry i'm flying tomorrow night to uh to Utah to go to Park City, and those were tickets that were purchased uh, <laughs> uh, uh, after after a night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> could could be challenged. Um, that's good. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I again, please send Chief your ideas for this book. I love this. I am so happy that a physical copy is in our realm here. This is good. This yeah. is good content. <laughs> so, Becky, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yes. Um, well, there we go. I think that's gonna do it. I think I think that's a that's a postcast episode fifty, gentlemen. We made it. We made it all the way through fifty episodes. I'm fifty. The, count, the, the countdown is on to episode 52 for the full year. Will we make it? Oh, we ever... to quit the podcast right before this year starts. Like we spent all this time doing off season content. And then right before the first game, it's like, we're out, we're done. We've made our point. I love the idea of, yeah, we do a big season preview next week and then we quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just check back in next off season. <laughs> more. We, we understand what you really want. And that's more film reviews. And we just can't give those to you in good conscience until the season ends. We're, we end the postcast and it's just an entire, 
series of in the 11s out of the 18s. I, uh, I, I imagine we would lose listeners very quickly. Uh, and believe no, me, but- we, believe me, we have nowhere to go, but nowhere to go, but down on that front. There's, <laughs> we don't have a lot of listeners to lose. No, but for the, uh, the handful of you that have stuck around uh, all the way through one through 50 plus the uh, we'll call it episode null that I, I, I'm not a huge fan of talking about. Uh, thank you. That is uh, this is this has been a lot of fun. So uh, cool. Yeah. Fuck the crew. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.